Good morning, everyone. I want to call uh, the Personnel and Public Employee Committee meeting to order. Uh, will the clerk please uh, call the roll to establish a quorum? Thank you, Chair. Councilmember Talamantes? Here. Councilmember Valenzuela? Here. Councilmember Maple? Here. And Chair Kaplan? Here. Um, for the members of the public who were not having come up to uh, interview, if you'd like to make public comment, there are speaker slips up front, so please make sure you fill them out uh, so we can call on you when we get to the either on agenda or off agenda item. But moving into it, um, Ms. Valenzuela, can you do the land acknowledgement and pledge, please? Yes, please stand if you are able to rise for the opening acknowledgements in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisenan people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok, Putwin Wintoon peoples, and the people of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. Now please salute and pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, and I'd also like to give a uh, hearty welcome to Ms. Uh, Karina Talamantes, who is new to this committee, representing District 3, so my neighbor. Welcome to your first meeting. Um, so now moving uh, to our first business of the day, it is our consent calendar. Do you have any questions, comments, any, um, somebody on uh, speakers for consent? No public? All right, do I have a motion for item one? So moved. Moved by Vice Chair Maple. Second, Second by Ms. Valenzuela. Jacob, or all in favor, aye. Aye. All right, got that one out of the way. Um, it would be my privilege on item two, which is selection of a vice chair for calendar 2024, to have my fellow colleague, uh, Vice Mayor uh, Katie Maple, serve as my vice chair and continue on in that role. Um, so I'd like to make a motion for that. Second, Second by uh, Councilwoman Valenzuela. All in favor, aye. Aye. Thank you, colleagues. <laughs> <laughs> I like our, our monthly chats on these things. All right, now getting on to the order of business, we are now at uh, section three, which is, or item three, which is review of applicants for the Compensation Commission. Jacob, I'm turning it over to you. Thank you, Chair. Our next item is the review of applicants for the Compensation Commission. The seat needing recommendation today is seat B. Uh, requirements for seat B are as follows. A member representing the public at large and shall be a resident of the city of Sacramento. We have two applicants for review today. Each applicant will have two minutes to respond to the questions uh, on the screen behind me. Applicants were notified of the questions prior to today's meeting. Uh, our first applicant is Elizabeth Prey. Welcome, Ms. Prey. Um, I'm Elizabeth Prey. I live in District 1. I um, am intrigued by this position because I have seen the consequences of not providing adequate compensation to elected officials. I lived in New Hampshire where for the state legislature, the pay was $400 a year. What you got for 
for the um, legislature then were retirees, uh, stay-at-home caregivers who, who had, were empty nesters, basically. The whole legislature skewed very old um, and not diverse. So you need adequate compensation to attract diverse candidates, and, I, and that's important. But we also know that paying too much can uh, make people unhappy, um, as we've seen in recent events. So it's a balance. I love puzzles. I love solving this puzzle. My background, I have been um, working as a chief financial officer of my homeowners association, and we are self-managed, which means we employ, the board directly employs the staff that we um, have on hand. And I was directly involved in setting salaries and benefits package for our employees. And I have a lot of experience in just looking around and shopping for comparative um, uh, compensation. And I would just apply that to this position. So I thank you very much for the consideration. And um, if you have any questions, I'm more than happy to answer them. First questions? Thank you, Ms. Prey. Thank you. Our next applicant is Daniel Rubenstein. Good morning, thank you. My name is Daniel Rubenstein. I am the Chief of Staff for the Caltrans Division of Safety Programs, where I help our Chief Safety Officer manage the entire strategy for safety across the state. Prior to that, I was the Executive Manager to the Director, where I assisted him well with everything. Prior to that, I was in the Director's Office at the Department of Managed Healthcare. I was in the State Labor Secretary's Office. I was in the State Assembly. I was at the Secretary of State's. My entire career has been in Executive Staff Services, and early on, I had a huge human resources role. So all of that, I believe, is what professionally qualifies me. I have a lot of experience setting executive salaries and really advising on a lot of sensitive issues. Academically, I went to Sac State. I got my political science degree, summa cum laude. I took a grad seminar because I'm, you know, crazy. And that included uh, a comparative analysis on all 400 plus cities and the effects of the Voting Rights Act on the diversity of city councils as well as other topics of interest such as executive compensation for city councils and of course as a political science major uh, analyzing state legislatures and national parliaments was part of my education but all of that is on my resume in my LinkedIn I'll let you take a look at that if you'd like I'll switch to talking about why I'm personally interested I'm a first-generation American. I am a native Sacramentan, born and raised here. I work here, probably gonna die here. Uh, I am very involved in politics. Going back to middle school, I was a camp counselor for my local recreation parks district. And I've really never left public service. It means a lot to me to see my city thrive. And part of that starts with all of you on the city council. You're our leaders, and of course, we have elections coming up. And I know that the Compensation Commission does very good, sensitive background work. I've already talked with some of the commissioners, such as Mr. Lara, and um, I have three seconds left, so I'll just thank you and the city clerk for your time. Thank you for, thank you for uh, applying. We really appreciate it. Um, members, we have two very qualified uh, candidates. Uh, I would like to put forward a motion today uh, for Ms. Prey. Uh, if there's anybody who wishes to make a second on that, Council Member Talamontes. I'll, I'll second, and I'd just like to add that um, I've experienced it with Ms. Craig, uh, being very fair, being very 
very well balanced and had the honor of like knowing her for about six, seven years now. And so I'm sure that she can do a good job. And thank you to everyone that applied. I encourage you to continue applying because your skill set is incredible. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of open vacancies in our boards and commissions. Like active transportation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there is a first and a second. Uh, members, any other comments? All in favor, say aye. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Prey. And I look, we look forward to that fair and balanced uh, representation on the Compensation Commission. And again, Mr. Rubenstein, apply. We got, op we got open seats. Your, your skills will definitely be used. Um, now we're moving on to item four, which is the review of the applicants for the Planning and Design Commission, seat L. Jacob? Thank you, Chair. The seat needing recommendation today is seat L for the Planning and Design Commission. Requirements for seat L are as follows. A member with demonstrated interest in urban landscape or architectural design or physical development of the city and shall be a licensed architect, lead architect, landscape architect, contractor, or licensed engineer. Uh, we have three qualified applicants for review today. Our first applicant is David Carlson. Hello. Welcome, Mr. Carlson. Go ahead. Thanks. Hey, I interviewed in December. I'm uh, still a property manager of 30 commercial buildings here in Sacramento with uh, about serving about 150 businesses, most in D2, D4, and D5, uh, Jack's Urban Eats, Track 7 Brewing, uh, B Street Theaters, uh, Set Building Warehouse. I fit the seat L criteria as a building contractor, general building contractor. I'm the ringleader contractor that lines up all the subcontractors to execute projects. Contractors know what things cost. Uh, when housing isn't affordable to build, contractors can be useful to value engineer costs down during the design phase. Uh, for example, if I saw a 60-plus foot tall building proposal, my contractor instinct is, can we make it 59? Can we, avo can we avoid OSHA's requirement for a temporary elevator that might cost $15,000 uh, per month, a line item? Um, I'm not a developer, just been in a lot of scenarios of increasing complexity in this trade. I'm also a lawyer and a real estate broker. I've written hundreds of leases, uh, represented landlords and tenants. Um, I'm not aware of the real estate I'm not aware of this commission having anybody from a real estate and construction law background might be valuable. Um, the reason I'm interested, some of my great or most rewarding experiences have been with um, working with neat professionals, often around planning issues. Uh, for example, uh, Matt Rogers, uh, Javed Siddiqui were great uh, engineers that helped me along the way. Um, uh, move lot lines, uh, convince Davis that gyms weren't scary because they require CUPs. Um, uh, Davis staff to help me get through five CUPs. Um, uh, I, actually, Sandlin's in the audience. Uh, uh, Ten years ago, you made me a, a recommendation, or you, passively, you're like, hey, you could do this at 33rd and J with a, a patio outside. I don't know if you remember that, but I ended up building it, and Trace Hermanis does well there now. Miss um, Cosgrove uh, was very helpful, uh, a lifesaver with uh, my building by... Um, the Harley dealership, a 30,000 square foot concrete tilt up in RMX zoning. Uh, RMX and a, a building with no windows, not good. Um, and she helped me find legal non-conforming uses. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Our next applicant is David Guerrero. Welcome, David. Thank you. Morning, council members. Um, I'm gonna have to take off my glasses. I'm not used to the bifocal wor world. <laughs> okay. Um, 
why I would want interested in the commission. It's an exciting time. Um, we're going through uh, post-COVID. We're, we're going to start looking at people working from home and reallocating resources to local communities to, to, make, to make that happen. Uh, we're entering the general plan, uh, which includes climate action and a master impact report. Uh, this is a long-term vision over 20 years, affecting over 10 of the, our neighborhood uh, community plan areas. Um, we, have a, we have a vision plan for housing and many options and how are you going to navigate, navigate through this and how is it going to fit in each neighborhood. And I think that's, that's, a, uh, I think that's an important area in which um, I think I can, I can be helpful in that. Uh, as we push to energy, energy systems, uh, the electrification of, of, of our, um, our city, you know, smudged uh, carbon go. Um, how are we going to do that? And it's it's much more than uh, for me myself. It's much more than just um, you know checking off dots or code compliance. I actually live in these areas. I live next to a corridor. I've been involved in these projects. And and as far as the uh, qualifications, um, I'm not a great public speaker, as you can see right there. I'm good for 30 seconds, but after that. Um, I'm a licensed structural engineer. I work for the Division of the State Architect. Uh, I have a bachelor's and master's in, in civil engineering. I'm alumni of UC Irvine and UC Davis. Um, I've worked with uh, local communities, and the, one is the Northgate Mobility uh, Study uh, to try to reduce uh, speeds and, and try to make safer uh, the, air, the entrances into the schools there. Um, I understand the SNAP, the Strategic Neighborhood action plans that were put in about 2000, in, in the early 2000s, and how does that relate to the general plan? That's something I would like to incorporate. Okay, thank you. Thank you for being here today. Our next applicant is Aaron Reschke. <coughs> thank you. Thank you, I'm Aaron, and I'm a licensed architect. I'm grateful for the opportunity to apply for this position. I put down roots in Sacramento 20 years ago, and I'm now raising children in District 5 at 14th Ave and 41st Street. I care deeply about this city being a thriving, equitable, and sustainable place to live. I've seen many ideals actualized in Sacramento in the realms of infill development, housing, transportation, and sustainability over the past couple of decades. Sacramento is growing and is at a transition point. With these challenges come many new opportunities to further equitable, healthy, sustainable development and growth for our city. I would like to lend my voice and expertise to this evolution through serving on the Planning and Design Commission. I have 20 years of experience as a licensed architect and urban designer in Sacramento. I've worked on affordable housing, market rate housing projects, offices, renovations of various types, as well as mixed use projects, student housing, and other commercial projects. Being part of a team that brings a development project together includes complex and varied work that I tend to every day. I have experience running community meetings with diverse groups of stakeholders and end users, including at Marina Vista um, Alder Grove locally. And I understand the intricacies of funding and financing projects and the timelines associated with that, especially affordable housing. I have technical expertise leading to the creation of detailed construction documents. I have experience developing and writing building code, especially around energy efficiency. And I'm familiar with legislation that impacts the processes for housing approvals throughout the state. So in addition to my architecture degree, I have a minor in urban planning and I've completed LEED accreditation and I'm a current candidate for well accreditation. I have a certificate in permaculture design and also I'm certified to teach bicycle commute classes. 
I have public speaking experience at industry conferences and teaching at the UC Davis Extension on green architecture. I'm a collaborator and a skilled deep listener. I understand and empathize with varied viewpoints and would be honored at the opportunity to serve on the Planning and Design Commission. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you to all applicants uh, committee. We have a lot of experienced people, so I'm gonna lean to you, uh, Vice Chair. Uh, Ms. Maple. Thank you, Chair. Um, I just want to say uh, it's it's always a, a thrill in the city of Sacramento that we have so many qualified people that apply for these positions. Uh, I would like to think that that's probably not the case in a lot of other cities, that we just get so many people that step forward that want to serve um, and that are incredibly qualified. So I just want to thank each of you for, for being here today and for taking the time. Uh, but with that, I would like to uh, nominate uh, Ms. Erin Reschke for CL. I think, uh, really appreciate your experience, and I think you would bring, uh, you come highly recommended by House Sacramento, and uh, I think you bring a great voice to the, to the body. Thank you. Thank you, I will second that. You, you won me on your, your equity, um, but I'll turn over to Ms. Valentolo. Well, I was gonna second that motion, so okay. that is the end of my comments, go on. <laughs> All right, uh, thank you so much to everyone that applied. Um, so I present District 3, the seat that David Guerrero um, has applied for. And uh, just wanna say everyone that is in this pool is qualified. I would love to see more representation from my community since we've been underserved and kind of forgotten for many years. And so I'm happy to see people from my community applying for these open seats. I encourage you to continue applying to other commissions just because we need that voice on, on the Sacramento City Council. So thank you. Here, here, thank you, Councilmember Telemonte. So we have a motion and a second for Ms. Rushke for seat L. All in favor, say aye. 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 Councilmember Telemontes is abstaining. Now moving on to item five, which is even more difficult because we have some amazing youth uh, are, who are applying for the Sacramento Arts, Culture, and Creative Economy Commission seat. Measure, or uh, seat L is the youth seat, so Jacob. Thank you, Chair. The requirements for seat L are as follows. A member must live in the city of Sacramento, shall possess a basic understanding of the commission's activities, shall have a demonstrated history of community-involved men mentor interest in fostering of the arts, innovation, or tourism of the city, uh, shall, have a, shall have past or current experience as an educator, supporter, advocate, administrator, curator, historian, or critic of the arts, and shall be between the ages of 14 and 22 at the time of appointment. Um, I have verified all candidates brought forth today uh, meet the age requirements for the seat. Uh, we, have, we have eight applicants today for review. Um, our first applicant is Adoril Ayubgalan. They do not appear to... Yeah, Adorai. Okay. Well, and it is, some of them might be in school right now. Of course, of course. Um, our next applicant is Jonathan Deglow. Hi, Jonathan. Good morning, everyone. Uh, first, I would like to start with some of my experience. So over the past uh, eight months, I've been working with the organization uh, Mandarin's Music Academy, and I have been going out substitute teaching uh, young ensembles. I have been a board member of Sacramento Youth Band for over a year now. And I've also been playing in the Sacramento area music uh, all the time. 
uh, over the past four years. So some of the reasons why I want to fill this position is over the years participating in SAC Youth Band, we go out to all these events, and I don't really see that much youth participation and turnout. And I feel like that's mainly because we're not having events to get youth to come out. So one of my ideas was, what if we had this giant convention for arts, any arts, as well as uh, just culture as well, as for all youth. So we would invite middle schools, high schools, and the public to come to this one event so that everyone would be able to experience art as well as understand different cultures that we have in the greater Sacramento area. I want to tell you a quick story. So one of the reasons why I'm so motivated for this council seat is that one of my best friends, Daniel, has had a rough home life. And he joined my high school band program in the latter half of my senior year. And I turned him over to say, hey, you should join Sacramento Youth Band. And when he did that, it was the best thing he ever did. And basically every Sunday, I pick him up at 2 o'clock. And then until 9 o'clock at night, uh, he's having the best time of his life. And I want everyone to have that opportunity here in the Sacramento area. And I think by being a part of this commission, I can help. Thank you for your time. I also have little resume things, if you guys want to take a look at those, too. Please hand those to uh, staff over here. Thank you. Uh, our next applicant is Anais Jimenez. They do not appear to be in the audience today. Uh, Haley Meeks. Hi, good morning. Um, so I am not from the Sacramento area originally. <laughs> originally, sorry to scare you. Um, I've been here for the past three years at Sac State. Um, I am a film production major with a minor in marketing. Uh, I work in athletics at Sac State. Um, in the past three years that I've been here, I didn't really get a chance to be in Sacramento before I moved here. Um, but seeing the arts and culture represented already has amazed me, and I would love to be able to take that up a notch and expand. Um, so on top of my film production stuff, I have been reaching out with other community members who do film festivals and stuff like that, and working with them over the past mm, about a year. Um, with my marketing minor, I really am looking to get into the arts um, I've kind of tacked that on with athletics, but uh, everything has changed. <laughs> and with film production, I want to make sure that our community is represented um, in film, in all of the different arts and crafts that go on in Sacramento. We have so many creatives that just have this passion that needs to be shown. Um, Still 36 seconds. I spoke a lot faster than I believed. Um, but yes, I believe that my ability on this commission um, to help expand and adapt um, will be of great use. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Yeah. Thank you. Our next applicant is Dhruv Pandey. They do not appear to be in the audience today. Um, Mariah Payen.
Okay. Thank you. Um, I would like to start off by answering the first question, why I'm interested in serving on this commission. I really want to become more immersed in my community, and I've always been interested in being a learning more about the democratic process, and I think this would help expose me to it a lot more. I'm also very interested in the arts and would like to see them <coughs> represented more in Sacramento. Um, I feel with my experience and input, um, working with this, with this commission would help me make a difference within my community. My school requires during my senior year that we do a senior project, and I feel that working with this commission would be a great way to leave an impact on my community and introduce others to the democratic process. Moving on to the second question, um, despite appearances, I have a diverse background. I am a Mexican Muslim. Through my religion, I have been really exposed to a lot of the Middle Eastern cultures, which has, um, taught me how different ways to interact with people from different cultures. Um, through the foster system, which my mother and I take part in, I have been exposed to a lot of different personalities, backgrounds, and cultures. And through working with my foster siblings, I have been able to help them adapt to a new environment. And it has helped me gain experience with working with new groups of people. Um, being a leader and making sure even the smaller voices are heard, I hope to bring my experience to benefit this commission. Thank you. Our final applicant today is America Lamelli. Um, thank you. Um, so my name is America Ramirez Lamelli. Um, I'm a recent graduate from UC Davis. Um, I did a Chicanx minor, a political science double major with sociology. Um, I'm part of the youth. I grew up in Sacramento. I've lived in South Sacramento and North Sacramento. Um, when I was in high school, well, actually before that, in middle school, um, my mom is a single parent, and for a while my family um, was really struggling economically. And that led us to collect a lot of recyclables. And through that process, I realized that the city actually had a lot of trash. And so when I was in high school for my sisters, um, one of their like, um, I think it was like a talent show, I made her like a really like big gala dress out of newspaper and different plastic bottles. Um, and I think that that was sort of like really cool for me to see that I could use art to show like those really important like issues and problems um, that the city, you know, had. Um, when I was in college, I took a lot of art classes as well, and art is something that I've always loved. Like, I feel like it, it allows me to just, like, decompress, and it's just, it's just, it makes me really happy when I'm able to interact with it in, in all different aspects. Um, so I took a lot of art classes, and I think that was really helpful, um, just to see, like, you know, like, the, the different textures and that kind of stuff. Um, I'm also uh, working right now with a nonprofit, um, and they work with female farm workers. So they focus on immigration, climate justice, workers' rights, um, domestic violence, and I've been, been able to see how art connects um, just all these different issues together. Um, I would like to serve on this commission because I think that you know I have a passion for art. I have a passion for the community. I've lived in Sacramento. Um, I grew up here. It's you know it's my hometown. And I have a passion for these social issues as well. 
And, you know, I'm also trying to get involved in the Natomas Garden and Arts Collective, um, and I did the BCLI, um, the Boards and Commissions Leadership Institute. Um, thank you. Thank you for that. Do we have any speakers for item five? Yes, I have one speaker, uh, Ryan Masano. And Ryan Masano doesn't appear to be. Doesn't appear room. to be here. Okay, uh, council members, we have a wealth of talented youth, and so I'm going to turn it over to hear your thoughts. I got to say, uh, Ms. Talamantes, you have extreme talent in District Three, uh, having having applied, um, but all of the youth who've applied, so very impressive. If you are not chosen, keep applying. Um, we don't, you don't need to be just for the youth seat. Your voice matters um, in applying for every seat. So don't forget that. All right, turning it over to Council Member Talamantes. Just like Chair Kaplan said, your voice matters. And if you don't get selected today, or if you do get selected today, reach out to us. Um, and let us know that you're interested in helping us. You know, the more volunteers that we can get at our events to help us think of new creative ideas for the city of Sacramento, the better off we're all going to be. Uh, with that being said, I do have the honor of knowing uh, Miss America Ramirez Lamelli, and I'd like to nominate her for this position. Okay. Nomination for Miss America, Vice Chair Mitchell. I'd love to second that motion, and also just wanted to say, you know, you mentioned this chair at the at the top of this item, but. You know, it's not lost on me that it's the school day. Um, and so, you know, it's probably pretty difficult for some of our applicants to get here. So I just want to recognize um, those who are not here, if you're listening in or watching this, that we did read your applications thoroughly and hope that you do also continue to apply, um, even if you can't be here today. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Lomelli. For Miss Lomelli, for seat L. Uh, all in favor, aye. Aye. All right. Congratulations. And again, please, we've got, you can go on our, our website, Boards and Commissions. There are a lot of open seats that your youth voice matters, and we'd love to see you joining there. Plus, there's going to be um, additional youth seats added to every board and commission that already does not have a youth seat. So pay attention. That is coming forward this year. All right, now moving on to item six, we have the Active Transportation Commission 2023 annual report. Hello, Mr. Wyatt. Hi, all right, just waiting for my presentation to come up. Good morning, Chair, Vice Chair, and Council Members. My name is Jennifer Donlin Wyant. I serve as the City's Transportation Planning Manager. I'm here today to introduce the um, Active Transportation Commission's annual report. Just waiting for the presentation to come up. There we are. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, so I'm here to introduce it today. So for those of you who don't know, the Active Transportation Commission has 10 meetings per year. And in 2023, the commission heard 39 items, uh, which is a lot, uh, especially since uh, you know we're asked to not keep them too late, but there is a lot to cover in those meetings, um, such as input on our transportation planning efforts that my team does, or projects that are in design through our engineering team, or grant applications that we're moving forward, or programs. It's a lot of input. Anything related to walking or bicycling should be becoming before the Active Transportation Commission. And so the Active Transportation Commission has seven powers and duties. One of those powers and duties is to annually report to uh, PMPE here today and then to City Council on recommendations to, uh, regarding the status of walking and bicycling in Sacramento. 
So I'm very honored today to introduce to you today both past chair, Dewar Westbrook, and current chair, Hodel, to go over the 10 recommendations that the ATC has. So with that, whatever you want. I am Arlette Hodel, a resident of North Atomas in District 1. I'm an avid cyclist and an active participant in many local bicycling-related organizations, activities, and events. Thank you, Chair Kaplan and members of the Personnel and Public Employees Committee, commissioners, and members of the public who are here to support us today, and to Jennifer Donlin Wyatt and her staff for their ongoing support and all the excellent work they do. I worked with everyone on the commission to develop the recommendations you will soon hear about, and I heartily support all of them. Some progress is already being made toward achieving a couple of them. I'd like to come back in one year and thank you for supporting the most important recommendation, increasing the budget for active transportation. I was elected chair of the Active Transportation Commission about four weeks ago, and I will chair my first meeting on Thursday. While I'm a rookie here, one of my fellow commissioners is knowledgeable and well-experienced in presenting our annual report. Past Chair, Allie Dore Westbrook. All right. Uh, good morning, Chair Kaplan and council members. Thank you for the opportunity to speak with you all again. I'm really excited to, to be here this morning. As was said, my name is Allie Dore Westbrook, and I'm the immediate past chair of the Active Transportation Commission, or ATC, as we like to call it. I'm excited to stand up here today alongside Chair Hodel and I'm confident that she will continue to lead the ATC in a positive direction. I know you have a lot on your agenda today, so I'll keep it brief. Our 2023 report is nearly identical to what was provided to you all last year. The one key difference is that we've worked with Jennifer and her team in transportation planning to identify additional staffing and associated costs to each of our recommendations. Since I last presented to you all in August, there has been at least 29 deaths from traffic fatalities across our city and county. We know what needs to be done in order to prevent this tragic trend, and the ATC believes our 10 recommendations will make a substantial difference, and we urge you to fund our recommendations and send this report to the full city council. So I'll just briefly go over those recommendations now. <clears throat> Recommendation number one, Increase funding for active transportation infrastructure projects. Uh, and as you see on the screen, the ATC requests to double the average ma match amount for active transportation grants in order to make the city more competitive for grant funding in the future. And we'd also like that amount to increase by 10% each year um, because of inflation. And we want to make sure that if, the, if we're putting money towards projects that we can actually pay for the full cost. Um, and recommendation number two, develop a citywide safe routes to school program. The ATC requests for two staff positions uh, for the development and management of a citywide safe routes to school program. Uh, you've already created a City of Sacramento Vision Zero uh, school safety study uh, that was approved uh, by council and so now uh, we would like Okay. Um, now we would like the, uh, for the city to actually have a staff person dedicated uh, to carry out this work. Recommendation number three, expand the speed management program. The ATC requests to increase the current budget for the speed lump program 
uh, and make sure that it's applied equitably across uh, the city. Uh, and the ATC also requests for the application of other traffic calming treatments and tools to be used for, from the uh, traffic calming toolbox once it's developed. It's uh, not yet developed, but when it is there, we think there's a lot of great strategies that could be used um, in our city to, to, slow, to slow drivers down. And so uh, we're, there is two uh, positions identified there and, and the costs associated. I'm sorry, can I ask a quick question? Because I wonder, does that cost include the staff time position or is that in addition to the staff time position? I'm, I'm going to pass it over to Jennifer if that's okay. Councilmember Valenzuela, that cost includes the staff time. Okay, thank Only you. Only burden staff time. Sorry to interrupt, I just oh, no, that question. I appreciate thank the interruption. <laughs> thank you for clarifying, Jennifer. Uh, recommendation number four, pilot an electric bike library. The ATC requests that uh, the city expand our existing e-bike lending pilot program to have one pilot in each council district um, and to include a diverse selection of e-bikes. Uh, so Councilmember Maple, you're lucky to have the existing e-bike pilot um, within your area. Um, and we think that's great. We want to see more of it. We do want to make sure that we don't just have one type of bicycle available to residents. We've heard some concerns with the trikes that were selected. And so we think um, a conversation with the community in which the lending library is located would be really important just to make sure that we have the types of bikes that people want to use. Uh, recommendation number five, promote the e-bike incentive. Uh, the ATC requests to establish a one-year pilot of $1 million for e-bike vouchers. Um, as you see here, Colorado's been really ambitious, um, specifically the city of Denver, in creating an e-bike voucher program. I know the state of California um, is also hoping to get an e-bike voucher program launched uh, any month now. Um, and so we really just would love to see the city um, continue to share out that information uh, with residents and establish a program for our city. And recommendation number six, create, create a quick build bikeways program. The ATC requests to create a quick build bikeways program and to implement those solutions uh, citywide. So we've already have several projects um, such as uh, J Street that were able to capitalize on a pavement improvement project to install separated bikeways um, on a, you know, a really popular uh, street in our community and we would like to see those types of improvements um, made elsewhere as well. Recommendation number six, increase bike parking. Uh, the ATC would appreciate additional funding for bike parking. Um, as you see on the screen, that's a photo I took actually um, of existing bike racks on R Street that were you know, completely overtaken uh, by shared rideable scooters. Um, and so it, I ended up having to lock my bike. You can see it on the back on that uh, city sign um, so we really just want to make sure that we have adequate bike parking to address the need. I know we need to figure out the, the, the scooters and shared bikes as well, but um, I think secure bike parking is really important to us and to our community. Recommendation number eight, reestablish the slow and active streets program. The ATC requests to reestablish the slow and active streets pilot for up to eight miles of slow streets. Um, this program, you know, was uh, took place during the pandemic, but we've seen places like uh, San Francisco continue um, to prioritize slow streets, um, regardless of a global pandemic. And so, I think in order to, um, you know, see a reduction in near misses and fatalities, um, we really need to slow people down. And we think this uh, program is is one way to get there. 
Recommendation number five, finalize construction detour policy. You'll see this is our only recommendation that doesn't have a cost associated with it. Um, at our last ATC meeting, we did get a great presentation from staff on that draft policy. We provided a lot of comments to them, so apologies if that's extra work for you. Um, and I'd be happy to share it with any of you on this commission. The recording is a little shaky, so I might need to work with you, Jacob, to figure out if there's one that captured everything we said. But um, yeah, we're, we're really pleased with this policy and would like to see it um, finalized in 2024. Uh, and lastly, the ATC requests city staff to develop an active transportation dashboard, which includes a myriad of different things that we think will help the community track the progress that's being made to support active transportation. Um, Jennifer and her team have also recently started a newsletter where they highlight um, different work that the transportation planning team and Public Works is doing. We think that's a great first step. Um, we just would also like a dashboard where people can regularly go to access information uh, when they need it. Um, and with that, here is a summary of our annual report. I believe you all also received a copy, but I'd be happy to address any questions you have at this time. Thank you. Thank you so much, both of you, for your presentation um, and a really well done report. So thank you, Ms. Weiland. Uh, it is truly fantastic. And before I turn it over to my fellow uh, committee members, do we have any uh, public comments for items on this agenda? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips on this item. Okay. Um, I just want to say, uh, as an ever overarching, if if we had 10 million, I'd be support giving you 10 million. We are facing a $50 million budget, but I think there are creative ways where we might be able to address some of these. And I have utmost respect and support of staff to think outside of the box of how we could partner some of them with school districts, some of them with grants to get them done. Um, so I will turn it over to my committee members for thoughts and questions. Vice Chair Maple. Thank you, Chair. Um, just want to say, first of all, um, Wonderful job on the report. Um, love the way that it's outlined, the way that it's designed. I think it's really easy to read, really easy to digest. And I think I haven't seen one that actually includes cost, which is really helpful. That's super helpful for us as, as policymakers when we're um, deciding you know, what, what we're going to do, what we want to support, to understand what the cost implications of that are. As the chair mentioned, you know, we are in, a, um, unfortunately, a budget deficit season as a city. We're going to make some really hard decisions. but. Um, that always just goes back to that that budgets are about priorities and so you know where we move the money around and, and how we do that is is important and this is um, one of the most important issues um, to me personally because um, unfortunately a lot of these um, you know fatalities and injuries that have happened in recent months have been in my community um, and I get those phone calls from the police department late at night uh, it's really heartbreaking and so um, you know I think I know that pedestrian and traffic safety is one of the the top concerns that we have as a city as a region and um, we'll have to figure out how to how we're going to address that and your recommendations help us do that so I just really wanted to thank you for your hard work on this and um, really interested in the traffic calming toolbox is there um, what is that <laughs> vice chair maple um, so the city uh, many decades ago had a traffic calming toolbox, which is a set of tools that can be implemented through our traffic investigations team uh, to help slow drivers down. Um, that, is, that previous traffic calming toolkit is a bit outdated and doesn't reflect current standards and practices. So our traffic engineering team is looking to update that. And there, it's, it's on their work plan, um, uh, working through the process of finding staff capacity to move it forward. 
always more work to do than people <laughs> and time. So really appreciate all the work that you do. Thank you. Thank you. And can I just add, oh, sorry. I, I was just, I'm just gonna share. Um, I am also an employee at Caltrans and our division of safety programs. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm not in there, but they created um, a traffic calming uh, guide as well. So be happy to pass that along to Jennifer and her team, but it has a ton of um, great resources for jurisdictions that are interested in using traffic calming uh, strategies. And that's why we're always better together. We need to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> exactly. What can we do to make it fit in Sacramento as well as well? Thank you. Um, yeah, and echo the vice chair's comments. A lot of great work here. So kudos to the commission as well as to staff for really putting in some thought as to what it would take to implement it. The quick build bikeways is one that like, I remember a traffic engineer for the city long ago um, saying, you can't do that, it's not safe. Um, and now we see other cities doing it and doing it really well. And like, gosh, how much time and resources could we save on the back end if we invest in something like that in the front end that makes it easier for more people to go out and say, hey, we're just gonna do this. Um, so I guess for me, one of the questions I have, I appreciate that you rank these in order and I appreciate that the increase, the match funding is at the top because um, <laughs> if we're only giving a million and change a year, then that's limiting how much grant money we can pull down. I would love to hear from staff, not today, obviously, um, how much of this we feel like we could match because there's like a special formula in terms of like, oh gosh, if we had one more FTE, we think we could pull down like X number of additional, like a lot of these things we could probably pull down from grants if somebody actually had the time and if we had the matching resources. So I guess there's almost like a strategy side to this that I would love to talk about is like, you know, where are the strategic points if we're like, hey, if we give you one more FTE, yes, we still need to find the grant funding for these programs, but here's what that could do and like what does a strategic path forward look like recognizing that we won't get to 10 million this year unfortunately I wish we could um, if I mean we don't print money like the federal government but um, maybe we can send them a note um, but uh, say we would really like to do this but um, I think there's maybe some strategic like where do we see the state and federal grant opportunities opening up where do we see so that we can be really thoughtful at matching where there might be opportunities to what we try to do and focus on as a team um, but we can't get around the fact that we need more match money so I just appreciate again you putting that at the top um, and it's you know doubling sounds like a lot and then you look at three million dollars and you're like oh <laughs> we're only giving a little bit of money right now and 29 <laughs> deaths um, since the last report is startling that's almost as many homicides as we had in the city of Sacramento last year and so I really appreciate you grounding us in that um, in that number and and would just look to staff to maybe put some thought into like what are those strategic like gosh if we could whether it's moving around FTE whether it's like a, you know what does that look like in terms of strategic next steps that we see coming that we could try to position ourselves for I would love to talk more about that and I hope when this comes to council that it's um, a discussion item um, given the level of death that's happened I just um, would like to make that request that this be an opportunity for the council to weigh in and have more of a discussion with staff at that time thank you for that chairwoman uh, Valenzuela I appreciate it the standard protocol um, is that these reports come to us we have this discussion it goes on consent um, it for uh, but you are more than welcome to come and do public comment uh, on this and if there's a larger discussion we as council members should put that in uh, to go through the process to have that that discussion but that's something we kind of set up last year and I would like to keep us consistent as that because if one commission is going to come up for discussion then every one of them and I'm not sure with our our load that we have that time but I, what I do welcome is you come when it's on consent to provide you can you can 
to match up. You can bring five people and you get 10 minutes of public comment um, on that to, to make sure that it is an item that we know. And plus, I encourage all my fellow council members to read this. Uh, they do extraordinary work. But Council Member Talamantes. All right. Uh, Mr. Rubenstein, I think you have like an invitation to <laughs> apply to another commission. We can use some Caltrans help. Um, I just want to thank you and your advocacy as a commission to shine light on this really important issue. It's a public safety issue and something that all of Sacramento needs to slow down after drop off, going to the grocery store. Everyone is driving. <laughs> extremely fast through our streets and it's a danger to your neighbor and to your family. Um, and I just want to thank you for, for really shining light on that and advocating not just today, but throughout the year on how we can get creative with finding more, you know, safety measures and, you know, you and all the fellow colleagues. And I know that right now you just look at biking and walking, but you know, looking at transportation overall is something that I know you and the commission are interested in. Uh, so, looking forward to having that conversation here at PNPE to expand your scope. Thank you. And then I just have a couple questions. And, and then also remember, uh, Ms. Talamantes is on the budget, oh. so <laughs> she can she can take some of these up for the discussion um, as it comes forward to the budget. But um, just a follow up because I know on we've already discussed our expanding our speed management programs and we're currently underway right now. Um, council actually just proved potentially lowering some speed limits on sums, but we still have a, I believe, a consultant out there. Can you tell me what's the status of what's going on? Absolutely, Chair Kaplan. So um, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, the state passed AB 43 and following, I think it's called 1938, I'm forgetting the exact numbers, um, which allows local jurisdictions or cities to lower speed, posted speed limits under certain circumstances. We have just brought on a consultant, because I think we've mentioned before, we have a challenge with staff capacity, so a consultant's gonna help us identify what streets in the city of Sacramento are eligible for lowered speed limits. We expect this process to take a year to two years, um, but the outcome is that we'll see lowered speed limits on streets in Sacramento that are eligible per state law. So, see, you get one. You get one. Um, and then <laughs> I, I would just encourage, as I've said this before, on item number two, which is the safe routes to school, Natomas Unified has implemented that wholly within the district. I, I encourage Robles, Sac City, Center, Twin Rivers um, to start taking this on. Even Elk Grove is partly in the city of Sacramento. Um, that we at the city encourage they uh, what works. I know that uh, we worked with the city as well as Caltrans and got one of the first grants to implement safe routes to school in Natomas. So I get that we as a city want to do this, but I think in these lean times, partnering with our schools who have bond funding that goes towards facilities and roadways, we might be able to get there faster than if we as a city uh, do that. So I would just encourage that. And then um, the neighborhood traffic management program ended in 2010. Why so? Chair Kaplan, I can't answer that because it's before my time at the city. <laughs> um, I just know that it did end in 2010. Well, just something so that you guys know, this was a program where our city staff would collaborate with various neighborhoods to improve, improve uh, safety traffic mitigation members or measures. So that's kind of the balance on what we're looking at for um, the speed management program and hoping that when we the consultant comes on, they can expand and work with neighborhoods and HOAs, the people who actually live there, 
versus just saying this one qualifies, this one qualifies. Um, there always is a little bit of wiggle room. Um, so to the extent possible, encouraging the consultant to uh, collaborate with communities, uh, especially in areas that might, might come up where it can't reduce the speed, but we can get more lumps. Um, all right, well, thank you. I appreciate it. The next step is this will go to Council on Consent. Thank you for your time. Okay. Now moving on, oh, any public comments? I have no public comments. Uh, however, um, the recommendation for this item is to pass a motion to oh. forward. I'll take a motion. Mo motion by Valenzuela, second by Talamantes, um, to move it to City Council on consent. All in favor, aye? Aye. All right. Thank you for the reminder of that, Jacob. Much appreciated. Uh, item seven which is our planning and design annual report. Welcome staff. Floor is yours. Thank you, Chair Kaplan, council members. I'm Stacia Cosgrove with your community development department and I'm the staff liaison to the planning and design commission. I'm pleased to be here today to present the commission's 2023 annual report. Little bit of background, the Planning and Design Commission in its current form was created in 2012. Prior to 2012, the city had both a planning commission and a design commission as two separate bodies, but as a streamlining measure to, to um, increase the fluidity of our planning process, the two were brought into one. So that's why we have a 13-member Planning and Design Commission today. Nine of those members are recommended for appointment by each member of the city council and four recommended for appointment by PMPE, three of which are to be uh, licensed professionals, as we saw today, um, either a licensed architect, landscape architect, engineer, or contractor. So we make sure that we have some of those licensed professionals on the commission at all times. Under Title II of the city code, the commission has been granted the authority to carry out state planning and zoning law. So the commission implements the planning and development code related to zoning and design review. And this includes the authority to approve, conditionally approve or to deny requests for, for planning permits or entitlements as we sometimes call them. Most commonly those would be conditional use permits, site plan and design review or tentative maps. The commission also makes recommendations to city council on legislative change requests such as rezones or general plan amendments and makes recommendations to the council on policy items, code amendments, new policy, um, and more. The commission has the authority to recommend policies and programs in support of the urban design program, and here's appeals of projects that are decided at the director level. So 2023, our chair in 2023 was Nicolina Hernandez and our vice chair, Maya Wallace, and Maya has moved on to be our chair this year. We held 20 meetings and the work was divided roughly between, roughly in half, between private development projects and policy items. Um, the commission used to hear many, many more um, private development projects, but over the past five years, there's been a concerted effort by both the commission and council to streamline the, the development process for compliant projects. So now the commission um, hears kind of a, a much smaller fraction of what they used to hear um, and spend more of their time talking about policy matters. And just to put that into perspective, over a 12-month period, the planning division receives about 700 planning applications, and the um, planning commission and council 
um, deal with about 7% of those, so just under 50. Oh, and um, I'll add that there was one director appeal in 2023. So looking forward to 2024, um, the commission already participates in an annual report process called the Planning and Zoning Work Program. Um, this begins at the end of each year. Planning staff brings forward a work program for the next year, and the commission provides their review and input into that work program. This is very, very helpful to us because um, it helps to prioritize the work amid many potential projects and a finite amount of staff resources to deal with those. That annual report goes through the Law and Legislation Committee and then to Council for adoption. And Council just adopted the 2024 Planning and Zoning Work Program at its meeting this last Tuesday. So it's attached to the annual report for the Commission today um, to give you an indication of what they'll be looking forward to working on, those priorities for 2024. And that concludes my presentation. Thank you. Thank you. Committee members, any comments, questions? Jacob, any public comments? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips. Well, I just want to say what a um, thank you for the presentation and uh, what a great benefit to Ms. Reshi in the crowd that you get to kind of see what's, what's to come before you. So thanks for sticking around to see that. And I just want to thank you for all your work. Um, this is, uh, sometimes people see this as the boring stuff, but this is the heart of what our city is with the planning, especially with the 2040 general plan and how we build our city out. So thank you for all your staff time and effort and as well as planning and design commission. You guys meet more often than almost anybody else. So thank you for that. And this will, do I have a motion and a second to move this forward to go Moved by Talamante, second by Vice Chair Maple to go on consent to the city uh, regular agenda. Thank you so much. All right, now moving. Yep. All right, Chair. All in favor, aye. 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 <laughs> Thank you. I, I know, Jacob, all you have to do is do this, and I realize I forget something. Um, much appreciated. Now moving on to item eight, which is the Sacramento Disabilities Advisory Commission annual report. Welcome. Welcome. Good morning, Chair Kaplan. My name is Jesse Gothin. I'm supervising engineer with engineering services in the public works department. I'm joined by Chair McMillan. Also, um, Vice Chair Crowley is here. Uh, Commissioner Mercer as well as Commissioner Tucson Boyd. The Disabilities Advisory Commission is pleased to present the combined 2022-23 report to the committee. The Disabilities Advisory Commission has held a combined 22 meetings in the past two years, reviewing activities in the public rights of way, including projects, programs, and policies that are listed in your report. As city staff, I'm pleased to assist them in highlighting their key concerns and recommendations to the committee from the last two years. And at this point, I'd like to turn it over to Chair McMillan to review their recommendations. Thank you so much. It's an honor for us to be here. Uh, we're really grateful to have this opportunity to present. Um, it is, you know, we haven't had an opportunity to present as a commission for a long time, so we really appreciate that. As Jesse mentioned, I have some of my uh, friends here with me today. This commission was founded in 2001 as a result of the Barden Settlement, and the powers and duties are listed on City Code 2.5340. Uh, 
As Jesse mentioned, this report is for two years. I was chair for 2023. Commissioner Tuz on board was chair for 2022. Um, over those uh, two years, we met 11 times each per year. We had many presentations, mostly from the city planning, engineering and action departments, but also from the HR department, the IT department, as well as the city clerk's office. We also had a presentation from the uh, uh, State Department of Rehabilitation and several from disability advocacy groups in our, in, in our area. Um, during those presentations, we were allowed to uh, uh, ask questions and provide feedback to the presenters of those um, items. I would also like to thank the city for allowing this commission to support and recognize members of our community who go over and above um, their, their daily lives to support um, people with disabilities. Uh, we established the Tim Haley Awards. Um, we, in 2022, we presented to six residents of our city, and in 2023, seven residents of our city. Tim Haley was a commissioner on this commission, the late Tim Haley, a fierce advocate for people with disabilities. So we thank you for allowing us to uh, honor him to do that. I have a few um, recommendations I'd like to just go over at high level with you today. I know you have the report and uh, you can read that at, at your leisure, but I just want to take this to point these out for further consideration, discussion, and uh, hopefully some action. Um, first up, we'd like to recommend the reinstatement of the city-wide ADA coordinator. As referred to um, code 2.5340, bullet E st states, Part of our duties is to establish a liaison with the city's ADA coordinator. This commission has not had that liaison for many years. Other than verbal feedback we give to the presenters, we, we're not sure that we're filling our duties by getting to this audience. Without that ADA coordinator, as stipulated there, uh, we recommend that you reconsider re-establishing that position. Number two, we ensure to ensure that all public meetings are ADA accessible. Right? One good thing that came out of the pandemic was live streaming of these public meetings. Transportation is the largest barrier to people with disabilities. Having that ability for them to participate in this very important process was, 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 was good. And, and while this commission understands the reason that that was abruptly taken away, uh, we strongly suggest we think of other ways to bring that back so that people with disabilities and many other people who have transportation challenges can participate in this. Um, we also would like, when that happens, that we look at the uh, closed captioning to be ADA compliant. Um, you know, so it's not just the live streaming, the agendas, the print agendas, everything is ADA Font friendly. Um, there's ways you, we, you know, we, we can help that. Um, we can provide advice on that. Even this room, um, the doors are propped open from our meetings now because people from wheelchairs couldn't even get in this, this very room. There is no way for somebody in a wheelchair to open that door and get in here. So all those things need to be considered. 
we also ask that the city add inclusion to the diversity and equity initiatives. You have a diversity and equity initiatives and we heard from the HR department. We we're grateful to have that HR presentation and we support diversity and equity for the hiring and support of employees. But, but um, as bullet C in the same section, this is the procedures for the city employees to request and receive accommodations as part of our, our, our charter here. We, we want to um, recommend that the HR department includes inclusivity, not just diversity and equity. That's an important thing. And we also, for that, in that purpose, we're also recommending training for elected officials, appointed staff and employees to have training and disability awareness training as well as diversity and equity training. Along the same vein, we, we, we recommend that the city's race and gender equity plan for 2020 to 2025 includes um, inclusivity as well. This commission would also like to present to the council's racial equity um, committee. Uh, there's a lot of common ground between equity and inclusion for people with disabilities. The last one I'm going to bring up is the that I'm going to bring up is the Golden One Center. Um, it, it's a gem of our city. It's uh, very visible, and we have been talking about this for two years in our commission, and it's. Uh, our concerns have not been changed, so have not been addressed. So we'd like to bring it up. The drop-off point for the Golden One Centre for people with disabilities used to be on Owl Street. They could be dropped off there and get immediate access into the Golden One Centre. It has since moved down to 4th Street, which is a large city block away. It's very limited parking. You go down there, and we've observed this, and we've got... Um, We've gone down there many times, and there's a hotel there, the triple park valet parking. The car spots are always full, so you can't even get in there. And our observations have been at night at Kings Games and other events that the people parking there are door dashes, and uh, you know the, the 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 people delivering food, food delivery people picking up food from the restaurants. There is nowhere for someone with a disability to let people off and there's no policing and there's no oversight there. Uh, one of our commissioners went up to the, city, the the valet parking and told them to move their cars but that's, we can't, we can't do that every time so we're looking for consideration there. Uh, we'd also like to consider going back to the Al Street location. The 4th Street location when you, if you do get out there's nowhere to tell you where to go. If you go left you go all the way around and Oh, there's stairs there. Okay, I've got to go back all the other way to find the ramp. And then you go through that large city block, and when you get there, you go up to the the um, L Street place where they used to be, and guess what? It's full of limousines and party buses. What message is that sending to people with disabilities? Where does that tell them they matter compared to VIPs and um, things like that? So we're hoping that... Uh, you know, we, we're hoping that some of this gets through, some of this gets some attention and some look at. There are, uh, do the census um, data, there was 57,000 people in our city identified with disabilities. It's probably a lot more than that if you go by national averages. It's the largest disenfranchised group in North America. So um, inclusion, uh, very important. Um, 
I'd like to, that's part, that's my part of it. I'd like to invite any of my fellow commissioners if there was anything in the report that they would like to elaborate on. And of course, they're a lot smarter than me. They can help me answer any questions or any comments that you may have. So thank you. Hi, everyone. Hello. My name is Mo Crowley. I'm the vice chair this year. I've been uh, participating in all the discussions. Uh, and I wanted to share a different uh, current oversight of how we are impactful in all of the discussions that you all consider as council members. Uh, the first is the way that working groups are now uh, Invitations are sorry being to, Sorry forth. to interrupt, but I'll start now the two-minute clock for each of the commissioners to come up um, mm -hmm. that put in public requests. Thank you, yeah. Uh, so the, the uh, working groups, what I was saying, the working group plan and the way that the commission is now included to participate, that has been very effective. Uh, the other consideration that comes up a lot is when communication related to age-friendly uh, communities and neighborhoods, a lot of the disability uh, topics uh, sought a lot of fervor in being able to expand what disability means beyond inclusion, but the way that our neighborhoods are focused on aging in place, making things age-friendly, and that disability can come upon any individual. And so I just wanted to highlight that part of the Disability Advisory Commission charter as it's been implemented, uh, we do our best as volunteers to modernize the language within our scope, but we really need council members to revisit how that inclusion of our voices as volunteers presenting recommendations are received in a modern context beyond uh, something that is related to uh, planning or design or uh, individuals uh, in an older model from like the 1960s and moving that forward. And there's a lot of examples and good conversations and uh, we appreciate the time and it's been a pleasure to uh, present to you today from that uh, other angle of how we are actively working and integrating into the modern way that council is now considering all the information to make decisions for our city. Thank you. Thank you so much. Next, next speaker. Thank you. Our next speaker is Terry Preston.
During the season that ended in 2021, we were finally able to use the L Street drop-off. This made access much smoother both for the person driving, the person assisting with my wheelchair, and getting through security which was located inside and had elevators to access the concourse nearby. Suddenly, during the season that ended in 2022, we were redirected from L and 7th Street and told that only paratransit and very important person parking could enter. My friend Ted wrote a complaint on my behalf but to the city council member for the district, which was forwarded to the Sacramento City Disability Advisory Commission. It has been unresolved because the King's management refuses to engage with the complaint, and the DSC has not enforcement authority. At the present time, we have been told that the drop-off is back at 4th Street, where we are supposed to enter by wheelchair into the K Street Mall area and go up to the arena. This is much farther away from the actual arena and involves traveling outdoors in what is sometimes rough weather. It takes me to the general admission entrance, which is exposed to the elements, and is not set up for wheelchairs as opposed to the paratransit drop-off, which is is covered. I've been told that the reason the LN6 drop-off is not usable by the persons like myself who are handicapped but not using paratransit is that there are security concerns from the NBA. The Homeland Security Agency was also mentioned. Meanwhile, the DIA drop-off that had been put as part of the community benefits agreement that I worked on is being used by stretch limo vans and seems to have become a very important person drop-off and pickup zone. This is both inequitable and unfair. I'm asking for the city council to fix this issue which has been unresolved for two years now so that once again I and the disabled general public can use the DIA drop-off at L Street and not have this area reserved for just paratransit and VIPs. It's what common sense and justice demand. My name is Terry Preston. Sorry. Many of you know me from my work. Thank you. Thank you, Terry, for lending your, your time and energy and words to this conversation. Thank you. Our next speaker is Alice Mercer. Sorry about that. Hi, Alice. Hello. Um, I am a DAC commissioner, and um, I, many of the um, issues have been addressed already, but I wanted to bring to light um, a couple changes that happened over to our commission that would not um, necessarily be appropriate for the um, annual report, but are impacting our work. There's been a um, unilateral change in meeting times for commissions to go over and get them regularized to 5.30 p.m. As a result of this, we have immediately lost two commission members. Most of our commission members are um, caregivers and full-time workers. I'm fortunate being an educator, I would, and I had enough sick time bank that I could take today off to come here. And getting to a meeting at 5.30 is not as much of a burden, but it was a significant burden for those two commission members. And we had just gotten to the point of being at a full commission. This is a problem because the commission has been having difficulty coming up with quorums in recent years. The fewer members that there are, the fewer members being absent before this occurs. So um, in, in particular, we lost some very strong members, uh, one of whom was over on uh, a group that was working over on changes in parking regulations, um, and another who was really good at getting us thinking over about language and inclusivity language over on there, and was a very active questioner. Um, and uh, that's disturbing and um, needs to be addressed, because uh, I can see people want to be over on the commissions, um, but it's going to be hard retaining them with hours like that. Um, and then um, the other thing that happened is we recently were supposed to have a report for the Sacramento Police Department, but they refused to present, and it was sent to us individually as commission members, and we had no public uh, discussion of it, which is not appropriate given the subject matter about policing of the mentally ill and other, other handicapped people. Thank you. Our final speaker is Brandy Boyd. Hi, everyone. I know I've spoken to each of you on the dais about 
issues pertaining to the Disability Advisory Commission that are included in this report at different times during your tenure on the dais. Um, the most important topic that I will uh, share with you today is uh, what our chair referenced as inclusion. The city prides itself in being uh, a champion of diversity, equity, inclusion. However, whenever those discussions are held, it is rarely, if ever, disability mentioned during those conversations by yourselves and your city leaders, um, top-level staff, and staff reports. I do know that our partners in public works and planning are well-versed in this area and obviously our biggest partners in talking about projects um, and some policies, but there are other divisions and departments where this um, is not reflected very well, and there are a lot of missed opportunities to bring individuals with disabilities into your conversations. Uh, that is why one of our top recommendations is reinstating a citywide ADA coordinator. When that position was first created, when the DAC was created back in early 2000, 2001, it was housed under the then Civil Rights Department of the city, which does not exist anymore. If you um, have an opportunity to review the description of that position, um, which was actually removed from our report by city staff. Um, I can forward it to you if you'd like to see it. It talks about that umbrella view of our city policies, procedures, and projects that is missing currently. And I would just um, encourage you, despite our current uh, budget uh, deficit that we're looking at to consider a place for people with disabilities in city politics. Thank you. Thank you, Brandy. Um, and I appreciate everyone that came uh, here today. Uh, turning it over to my fellow council members, Ms. Valenzuela. Yeah, thank you all for all of the time and for coming to a midday meeting. Um, especially my friend Terry. Um, it's always good to see you back in the advocacy realm, my friend. And I just have to say, I know that staff, I've I reached out to Public Works and um, when this issue first came to our attention, thanks to Ms. Mercer and um, Ms. Boyd um, bringing it to our attention, that the move, the drop-off location for folks in wheelchairs had been moved. Um, and I just want to point out just the cruel irony that someone who was so involved in the community agreements to ensure safe access to this arena, someone who loves the king so much, who now finds himself in a wheelchair, is finding that that location has been moved and he is now unable to access the arena. So I'm happy to see in staff's response to the recommendations that you're saying you're working on that because it has been a while, as was mentioned. I know this is technically a privately operated facility, but we were a part of these agreements. We put these things in the development agreements for a reason and we need to have some sort of enforcement mechanism in play when they decide to move things. Um, so really appreciate, um, again, Terry, you taking the time to be there. And Alice, good job thinking of a way for Terry to still give comment electronically. That was really cool. I'd love to hear how you did that. Um, I just also want to say to the rest of your recommendations, um, great timing, honestly. Um, we're working on the scope of these trainings for the council and charter officers right now. Um, so I do commit today to making sure that 
both the co-chair of the Racial Equity Committee, Mai Vang, as well as Ami Barnes, who's running that for the city, gets this so that they're aware, because this is very perfectly timed um, for her to see this. I literally just had my call with her a week ago about what should be included, and so I want to make sure she sees this. Um, but to the point of um, staffing, uh, we're having a very similar conversation with our police commission right now. Um, so I do not know what that looks like moving forward, but I will also commit to thinking about how to bring this forward, um, whether it's a part of a position or some sort of role where somebody has time who's helping you follow through on things and making sure that you're getting that full global view. Because as Brandy once said to me, when you first talked to me about when you were chair, she's like, look, our job is to make sure you don't get sued. Um, and I was like, Touche. Um, but also, and I think what you hit so well today is that your job is to ensure that everybody in the city actually has physical access to everything the city has to offer. And so I'm glad to see things like the doors of our council chambers are getting worked on. But like, yeah, it's 2024. We need to do more um, because there's too many people in our community who physically can't access all the great things our city has to offer. And so I really appreciate you and all of the work you've done to bring these forward and definitely commit um, to making sure that this ends up in the right hands um, so that this can keep going. Thank you. Councilmember Talamantes. Uh, thank you. So to everyone that came out today, um, I'm sorry that we haven't moved on your recommendations. And especially on the Golden One Center, mm -hmm. I know that this had, you, the first time you contacted us, Ms. Boyd, was, God, over a year ago, almost two mm -hmm. years ago. And uh, we need to do better for the citizens and the residents of Sacramento. Um, I did take my grandma, who is now 88, but she was 87 last year, and um, to a concert, her first concert ever. And when we left the concert, it was close to midnight. It was just such a nightmare to get the car, to turn around, to pick her up, had to leave her on the corner with one of my other siblings while I grabbed the car and tried getting out of the parking garage. And after that, I'm hesitant to take my grandma out to the concerts. And this is my experience as a council member. Uh, and I can't even imagine the numbers of people out in Sacramento that have attempted to attend a concert, a basketball game, or something at the Golden One Center. So uh, we're going to make sure that our city manager, who I mean, he's not here for this uh, meeting, but that we direct him and our city staff to get back to you on these recommendations. It's so important for Sacramento. If we really want to be inclusive, we need to make sure that our that your voices are heard. So thank you. Thank you, Chair. I also wanted to echo the comments of my colleagues um, and. Uh, I think one thing that also really stood out to me is the one of the recommendation to present to the Racial Equity Committee. Um, I'm no longer on it, but Chair Kaplan is on there now, and um, but I, I do pay attention closely, and I think that's a really important point to make is the connection point on inclusivity and the intersectionality, right? Because it's uh, we, are, we aren't just one thing. We're, we're a bunch of things together, and we need to make sure that we're addressing all of those together as one. And so I think a presentation there makes a lot of sense. Um, and I also think, you know, on the points of, of the action items that still haven't been addressed, um, maybe those can make it onto the city council agenda at some point if, if they cannot be resolved in any other way, um, because two years is a really long time to wait. So um, I, you have my support on that as well. Thank you. Uh, just a couple of questions. Um, one of the items that was brought up and asked was the status of making the city's website and redesign 100% ADA accessible. I mean, that's been a law for a while, and the city is actually really far behind. Do you have a status update on that? So I've spoken with um, the IT department, and they're um, 
they're scheduled to present to the DAC uh, this June, but the website, I believe, is supposed to launch uh, this this April. So I, fully ADA yeah, compliant. And, but I would I would defer to them, obviously, for a more specific answer. But I'm anticipating it's completed this this spring, and then they're going to report to the DAC in June. Well, then I have no problem, as I know many of you on the DAC, that if it goes live and has issues, let us know, um, and we will help uh, make sure that it becomes compliant. And then um, what is the timeline? Because all of us have probably had the conversation with the Kings and city staff about uh, Golden One, and it says that we're working with the transportation division um, but what are the specifics of the next steps? Because we can say a lot of words, but I don't hear an action plan. So the, uh, the transportation management plan is being managed by the transportation division. Um, I understand that they have established a scope of work and that they have a budget. I believe the budget is $200,000 to complete that um, analysis and that they'll be bringing forward those recommendations. But maybe I'll defer to Ms. Jennifer Donnelly. <laughs> if I may, yes. um, not that I have a whole lot more information. So our main point of contact on that is David Adraslan, who is our city traffic engineer. He's actively engaged with the Kings in formalizing a contract to bring on a consultant to uh, resolve the issues um, that are being had so that we can have accessible access to the center. Which I agree, I hear you, studies. I'm not sure we need to study it. If, the L Street worked, why can't we go back to L Street? And then you can consider studying it. <laughs> but I, you know, hearing from my fellow council member Talamantes, and I've known Terry for almost 20 years uh, in his advocacy with safe schools and safe routes, um, and he was a pioneer for getting walk to school in Natomas. Um, I know where the drop-off is. There are bumps and there it is not smooth and it is over a block away. That is a lawsuit. So we as a city, I think, need to find out an interim that works faster because I'm telling you where it is right now, that is a lawsuit. It is not ADA accessible because you're making them go um, much further than where they need to be. I know you guys are not the ones fully in charge, but I know your, your bosses are listening, um, and I think you hear a unanimous uh, of four members here, and I'm pretty sure the mayor would uh, be there as well, that you, you have a directive. We've got to move faster on this. So her, Chair Kaplan, absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you. That's all I want. And then the installation of the automatic doors on council chambers, why is it taking so long? What's the ETA? I apologize, I don't have a specific schedule, but I'll reach out to um, James Christensen, who's our facilities manager. He's the one informed me that there's a project underway. Oh, oh. hi. Yeah, I, I believe that um, the Ophelia-Avalos Engineering Services Division Manager. Um, the last update I heard from facilities that is working on it was during the your next council recess. They are going. They're shutting down the chambers to work on it and do all of the update, uh, um, all the upgrades, so that they. So summer break, because that's our next July. recess. Yeah. Correct. Okay. That's when it's scheduled at this time. Okay. Well, um, hopefully you feel a smidgen better that we are moving steps forward. Um, we hear you loud and clear, and I, as I am a new member on the uh, Racial Equity Committee, taking some of these items and seeing where staff is and presentation to make sure it is uh, inclusive. 
of what you guys have talked about. So uh, there are no, com no further comments on this item, correct? Do I have a motion and a second to send this to council on consent? Moved by Vice Chair Maple, second by Talamantes. All in favor say aye. 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 Thank you. Thank you all for coming. Um, our agenda is complete. Are there any items or uh, comments for items not on the agenda? Oh, and there's AB. You have question. Yes. Okay. Ideas, uh, reports, comments. Yes. I appreciate that. Um, I was just hoping to get an update from the city clerk's office on the status of the ethics commission recommendations. I submitted a few months ago, and I think staff was going to work with the commission to identify some next steps to bring back for an update in January, um, which didn't happen. So I just want to make sure that stays on the radar and we it, hear an update maybe at our next meeting. It is on the radar. Um, a couple items we didn't foresee with picking a uh, new uh, council member as well as um, working on um, the auditor. Um, it has been on the agenda and unfortunately it's gotten pushed for some of the other items so that we can appoint somebody for, for the D2 seat. Okay, so, so it, be, it, it's so there, there but update it's after March? Probably after March. Okay. Just looking for a status update, thank yep. you. All right, now for uh, public comments on items not on the agenda. Thank you, Chair. I have three speaker slips for matters not on the agenda. Our first speaker is Karina Crowley. Welcome. Hi. I wanted to say that it's amazing that you extended the um, time on the... Uh, Crosswalk on Florin is it? Yeah. Oh, Florin and wait, no, 24th Street. And um, I just wanted to say it's a miracle that you did that. I am no longer stressed when I cross the street to get a snack from One Stop Market. Thank you, Miss Maple. Thank you for coming and speaking to us. It's rare we hear positive things, so thank you for being such a positive light on something yeah, the city you. has done right. Thank you. And I love the one stop too, so. Yeah, there you, they have yummy takis. <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye bye. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Ryan Misano. Mr. Masano, go ahead. Thank you. Um, does that work? I don't know. Uh, that's extremely faint. Is there a way to make it visible? That's good. That's from the uh, Transform Wife website. So it's better to be slapped with the truth than kissed with a lie. Uh, truth sounds like hate to those who hate truth. A little bit on the movies that uh, are taking place out there. 96% um, of the media is owned by six corporations. So no wise person watches movies or has a television. 
Uh, employees need to be hired based on merit. Uh, skin color is not to be considered at all. Affirmative action is racist. For what it's worth, the word racist, anti-Semite, and white supremacist didn't exist in Webster's 1828 dictionary. The government is far too big as it is. 10% of this nation is employed by local, state, and federal governments. That is way too many. Also, to have an effective city, state, and national political system, you must have the basic building block of your society intact, which is marriage. That is way out of order. A little bit of background is necessary. In the worst year in American history, 1913, the Federal Reserve, Income Tax, and Direct Election of Senators, 16th and 17th Amendments, were passed. This handicapped the man from being able to provide for a wife and children on one income, which was the intent. Just seven years later, the 19th Amendment was passed in 1920. The effect of giving women the right to vote was to push women into college and the workforce. For the three Abrahamic religions, work was given to man as a curse. So it's pretty amazing that women, already having to endure childbirth, also want the man's curse of work, too. It hasn't worked out. Council member Valenzuela. Point of order. This is outside of the jurisdiction of the city of Sacramento. No, it, it's entirely in the jurisdiction Government of Sacramento. Government Code section 54954.3 provides that members of the public may address the city council on any item that is within the subject matter jurisdiction of the legislative body. Please proceed if you have comments under the jurisdiction of the city of Sacramento. It's entirely within, and I, I need my 50, uh, 30 seconds M back. Mr. Masano, you have 50, 14 seconds. I'd say speak. I'm not leaving until I get my 30 seconds back. Mr. Masano, that's not how it works. Ma'am, it's the First Amendment. You were so worried about a lawsuit before, and you're sitting here violating an American citizen's First Amendment rights. Thank you for your time. Uh, your t uh, thank you for your comments. Your time is complete. Next, next speaker. We have one more speaker, uh, Guy Stevenson. Mr. Stevenson is up next. I'm not going anywhere. Don't, they're not. I'm getting my 30 seconds. Mr. Stevenson, if Mr. Masano is not going to leave, I'm going to adjourn this meeting because he's in violation of city code. And I'm going to get my time at the next meeting. So we'll keep okay. doing this. You I, already... I would love to let public comment speak. Mr. Masano, if you will kindly step aside. Kindly stop stealing my time and let me finish Point my comment. Point of order. There's violation of code. Issue another warning. I'm just going to call this meeting. There is a disruption, and we are unable to have uh, orderly do orderly business. This meeting is now adjourned.